Well, <clears throat> well I, I'd like to uh, start today's sermon uh, with, the, with, with uh, a certain phrase, uh, which is this. Um, Nothing grows on the mountaintop. Okay? Uh, and I'll explain a little bit about what that means. Now, uh, up on the mountains, it's, it's actually, when you get right to the top, isn't that the fantastic place to be? Um, because you can see out, and Aaron and Miriam have been uh, going up mountains on their bicycles recently, but you can see everything, can't you? And you think, wow, just want to stop here for a minute. Um, and just take it all in and just enjoy the sunshine um, but, but you can't live up there does that make sense? you can't really live up there nothing grows up there does it? Uh, in fact it's quite rocky and, and tough and, uh, and you can't get the crops to grow and things like that in fact everything grows where? Down in the valley, right down in the valley, that's where it grows. Uh, and <clears throat> I think sometimes what we can do is we can try and, try and live on the mountaintop. Does that make sense? We want the blessings, we want the good stuff, we want that fantastic worship experience and it was fantastic this morning. And I was so glad that it was fantastic because it felt like you go up on the mountaintop at times, but you can't live up there. You can't grow up there. Uh, and this, this morning's sermon is really um, a little bit about um, maybe not the fantastic places, uh, maybe the low places. But that's where God can do his work. Uh, and that's what I want to talk about this morning. If you're going through a low place, uh, a tough place, uh, God is actually doing his work in you. Okay? Uh, so... Uh, if you remember one thing from today, nothing grows on the mountaintop. So don't try and build your life to aim at just being in the, high, the heights of the high all the time, uh, if that makes sense. Not that it's bad to uh, be up there sometimes. It's great. Um, <clears throat> but God is doing more. He's doing more than that. Uh, and he's doing more than just giving you a great experience. Okay? Life is full of great experiences. Um, but th that's, not your, that's not our aim as Christians to have a wonderful fluffy feeling um, uh, in some ways uh, I want to move into a little bit just talk about the heart really because to me it's become quite clear that <clears throat> the hearts of men and women they crave uh, to be complete and full and satisfied uh, and I don't know if if you would th think this of yourself but there's something in you that needs to be satisfied and your heart searches for it uh, and it will search all over the place uh, in fact your heart will drive your mind and it will drive your body uh, to do things that they don't necessarily want to do uh, to find this satisfaction and to fill that hole in your heart that uh, you don't really know what's missing. I don't know if you've ever had that sense. Well, I don't really know what's missing in my life, but I know something's missing. Uh, and I think all of us can, for, can find that at times. Uh, and certainly before you've met the Lord, there, there's something nagging at the back of your mind that I must, there must be more. There must be something more. Uh, 
uh, there's something, part of me that's missing. And when you find God, you find that, that completeness. Uh, and there is a sense where uh, th- there's this phrase, uh, a God-shaped hole uh, in, our, in your heart. Uh, and we all have one. We all have a bit of us that is just missing, a hole in us that can only be filled by God. Uh, and this morning I just want to talk a little bit about that, just that feeling of sort of dissatisfaction. <laughs> I don't know. Missingness. Loneliness. Um, And really, I'm just going to read my notes because I decided I'm really going to stick to them today. Yeah, I think at times we can just find ourselves a little bit lost. I don't know about you. Just find yourself a bit lost, a little bit stuck. Nothing seems to be working. I was a little bit unsatisfied or fulfilled. I'm going to call this place uh, the desert place. Okay, I'm not talking about real deserts. I'm talking about in your heart, just a sort of, I don't know, a wilderness, a, 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 an empty place where you're not sure where you're going. Has anyone ever had that? They're like, I don't know what life's got for me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do uh, or where I'm supposed to go. Or, and I can't see the way forward, and there's nothing really here of where I am for me. Uh, and what I want to talk about a little bit is, is that place today. Now, it's really the sort of place that a lot of people come to before they meet God. Amen? You come to that place of just, oh, I'm just at the end of everything. Um, but also, once you've met God and you experience His love and you've been fulfilled, do you know what? You can start to move forward, God, and you can find yourself back in that desert place again. I don't know if you have, but I have. That place where you just feel absolutely lost and disheartened and, and just not sure what you're supposed to be doing. And, and you think, but I know God. I know who God is. <laughs> uh, and I suppose in some ways, it, you know, when you're not a Christian, that's why uh, sin can be so fantastic. <laughs> and I probably shouldn't say that. But it can be great sin because it can satisfy you. <laughs> just for a moment. But it can. It can fill a hole just for, you know, and uh, I've written here, it, even if it's just for a moment, I mean, the problem with it is it doesn't fill you for long uh, and it, it costs you more and more to be filled uh, and you get less and less back each time because that's how sin works. It sucks you in and then it destroys you slowly. <laughs> uh, but people are searching for a high. They're searching for fulfilment. And you can find it in sin, but once you've met the Lord, you know that sin isn't the path. You know it's not going to make you satisfied. You know it's just going to drag you down to the depths. So you find yourself stuck. You don't know how to move forward, but you don't want to go back. <laughs> Has anyone ever felt like that? And you feel like, I'm just, I don't know, a bit like this. Oh, I don't really know where I'm going. I'm just, I was going round, really. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> it could be anything. It could be like, work isn't working out for me. I'm not in the right place for my job. Uh, I retired, and uh, now I just feel a just I don't, this is a bit empty, I don't know what's there for me. Um, 
it could be all sorts of things. You know, it, it could just be a sense of um, my activities have stopped. Ever found that? I, I had a purpose and a goal, and that purpose and goal is now finished. I'm just lost. Uh, you know, oh, my church activities have dried up. <laughs> what I was aiming at is gone. The opportunity's gone, and now I'm just lost. Um, <clears throat> now, we can get very spiritual about these things, and we can say, oh, Satan's out to get me. He's destroying everything good in my life. Uh, and we can say, this is the work of the devil. We can, we can think like that. You know, and, um, <clears throat> but sometimes, uh, the thing that, that I, I want to remind you is that nothing happens without God's say-so. Nothing moves unless God allows it to happen. Amen? And sometimes, sometimes it can be self-inflicted, you know. But sometimes, God can lead you into a place, a desert place. He can lead you into it. Uh, and we can, we can be, we can find that tough. And I'm not saying it's easy, but just like uh, I was talking about the mountaintop and the valley, God is working in your life and it's these times that maybe you are in the desert, maybe you are in a tough place, that God is doing his work. He's working in you. He's growing you. The growth happens in the valley. Okay? Um, <clears throat> now we can... Uh, we can... We can end up in this place where... <clears throat> We sort of, we, we love the blessings that God gives us. In fact, we, we meet God and our life becomes so blessed. And it changes and we have a new heart and new things in our life. And these great blessings build and, and we praise God and the blessings come down. And, uh, and somewhere along the line we can get sidetracked a little bit. Um, we can replace, um, we can replace the blesser the blessings. Does that make sense? We can, we can take our eyes off of the one who is giving uh, and focus on the things that we're getting. Does that make sense? Uh, and, and when we go into this desert place sometimes, this can be our prayer. I don't know about you, but this can be our prayer. Next page, present, next page. We, we, can, we can pray, look, God... Um, can you, you know, you, you, need to, you need to change this situation for me. You need to bring me out of this desert place and you need to be, bring me back into this place of blessing. And we can get very much into this mentality where, where um, God is there to bless us. You don't do it on purpose. We don't do it on purpose, but you just get like that. And if I'm good, God will bless me. And if I'm bad, God will will smite me. God will lash me if I'm bad. But if I'm good, God will bless me. And we can think like that, can't we? Uh, and, and it can creep in slowly. It doesn't always happen over, uh, overnight. And we have, this is, my, this is my ethos, this is my doctrine. No, but it can creep in the side. And we can start to forget about the blesser. And I, I just want to remind you, as a, if you're a parent, you know, 
oh, Christmas was fantastic, wasn't it? And you, you got that fantastic present for your child, and uh, you watch as they unwrap it, and they go, wow, this is fantastic. And then they come and they give you a big hug, and you just think, yeah, I love getting that present for you because I love you, and uh, uh, I just love to see your face. Uh, and I see the joy in your heart. And God is like that with blessings. But do you know what? I don't know if you've got kids and you've got technology, sometimes you give them that thing. And I'll tell you what, they love that thing more than they love you. <laughs> you ever find that? They love that more thing more than anything else. Uh, and this is what you do as a parent. You say, take it off of me. You say, you're not having this anymore. You're getting too addicted to it. You, we do that, don't we, as parents? This isn't good for you. That's what we say. This is not good for you. And God is like that with us. When we get too into the blessings, when we get into, too into our, the, the things that, that are being filling up our life, God can, can come and say to us, I need to take this away from you. I need to take your job away from you. I need to take away your friends. I need to take away your position. I need, to I need to rid you of these things. I need to strip you back down. Why? Why, God? Because he's saying, you've forgotten about me. You've forgotten about me. It's got to be about you and me. And what you find is, what you find is this. The sense of fulfilment in your life will not come from the things, from the blessings. Maybe temporarily, yes. But not... You'll always be that nagging thing that says, I need more. I need more. It's the blesser that will fulfill you. It's God that will fill you. Uh, and it's a relationship that will fulfill you. A relationship with God. And what you read in your Old Testament, particularly, God is saying, I want to be your God and I want you to be my children. That's his heart. That's his whole heart. I want us to walk hand in hand. That's his heart. Uh, and yet we, we can get lost. We can get lost in it all. And God is saying, no, if you've committed your life to the Lord, if you've committed your life to the Lord and you say, look, Lord, uh, I, I love you and I want to be yours. Um, and when I get too far from you, you know, bring me back. Uh, and one of the sure ways of bringing you back is to strip away the other things. Okay? And God will do it because he, he understands that what will really make you happy, what will really fill your heart with joy, and what will really give you fulfilment is the relationship with him and nothing else. Nothing, nothing else. Okay? So this is the questions that we need to start asking. This is the question that we need to start asking. Not... God, you need to sort out my situation. But God, what are you trying to show me? In this desert place, in this place of just nothingness that I seem to find myself stuck in, what are you speaking to me? What are you trying to do in my heart? And you know, he's trying to do so much. This is the thing that I realised. He's trying to fill you with a deeper sense of joy, but he can't do it with all the distractions. He's trying to build your faith. You know, he can't build your faith up there on the mountaintop. He's got to take you through those hard places where you've got to trust in him. 
He's got to take you to those places where you don't know what the outcome's going to be so that you build your trust in him and your faith in him. You know, sometimes he wants to build in you a sense, uh, a sense of sympathy for others. And you know, you can't find that till you've been through what they've been through. Uh, um, sometimes he wants to give you vision for your life. But we're so busy, aren't we? We're so busy with everything that we haven't got time. And sometimes he has to strip those things back and strip them back again to give us enough time to put some seed in our heart that builds. Okay? Maybe he wants to move you to somewhere else. But with all these things that you're doing, you, you, you feel tied in. And yet he strips them back so that he can move you into something new. Isn't it fantastic? You know, uh, there's every single, every single r- real man of God in the Old Testament, I mean, there might be one or two who didn't, but all of them, they go through this place. <laughs> and if you want to be a man of God or a woman of God, you're going to have to go through this place and through these times. You're going to have to, of not knowing, of struggling, of, of loneliness, of, of just, because it's the time when you reach out to God. I mean, let's have a look at it. Let, let me read some names off. Let me read some names off. Jacob, he had his time. Joseph, David, Elijah, Job, Jonah, John the Baptist, Jesus, Paul. They all had times where they were stuck in a desert place. Some of them literally in a desert place. Some of them in just a place of just sitting and waiting and not knowing how things were going to turn out. Just sitting and not knowing what the future held. And sitting inside a whale and just not knowing what was going to happen. But God brings you to a place, doesn't he? He brought Jonah to that place. Does that make sense? And maybe he's bringing you to a place and you're not sure where it is. But I want you to realise one thing. All of these men, when they were in that place, they got their eyes on, on God. They lifted their eyes to heaven. They said, God, I'm just broken. God, I I need you. Come and speak to me. And God did. And you look at every single one of these men. God spoke to them in that place, didn't he? Elijah, when he was in the desert, did God come and comfort him and bring him food and speak to him and tell him what to go and do next? He did. What David, you know, before David came into what God really had for him, before he was king, he had to go on the run into the desert, didn't he? He had to go on the run. And yet God built him into a fantastic leader. Not when he was a king, but when he was in the desert. That's where God built him into a real man. And that's where he wants to build you. Jesus. He went out into the desert 40 days and 40 nights. And do you know what it says? When he came back, he came back in the power of the Spirit. When he came out of that time, he was full of power. Because he spent all, he'd just been with the Lord. No no distractions. No knowing, no no plan. No game plan. No strategy. Just God filling him. And that's where the power comes from. And that's where the power in your life will come from. The hard places. Um... Now, when you see someone on television, don't be too surprised when you see these, these people and they have 
ascended the blessings mountain. That's how I say it. You know, you see these people on TV and they've got everything. They've got absolutely everything, money-wise, fame-wise, everything, and they've got all the blessings. And yet, when you look at them, they're completely lost. Do you know what I mean? They're in rehab. They, they hit the self-destruct button because they can't really find that soul satisfaction. And you know, sometimes we can chase after those blessings our whole life, but you find the people who've got all the blessings, they're in complete disarray because there's nothing there. This is the thing that I, w- I want to really impress upon you. God doesn't leave people in the desert. He didn't leave Joseph in that hole, did he? He didn't leave, he didn't leave Joseph in that prison. He used the time to speak to him and build character in him. And then he released him into what God had for him. And if you're in that, in that space, in that time, don't fight it. Don't try and get out of it. Just look for the Lord. Amen? Look for him. Find him. And you will come straight out of there and you will move into what God has for you. I'm 100% sure of it. Because it's the same pattern repeated over and over again in the Bible. John the Baptist. I mean, he did his best work in the desert. <laughs> he did his best work in the wilderness. But his time of wilderness was in prison when he wasn't sure. He didn't know. And he sent his disciples to Jesus to say, is he really the, is he the one that was to come? And yet, Jesus, God spoke back to him through Jesus and said, this is what he's doing and this is what he's doing and this is what he's doing. And it built in John that faith. And John, I'm sure John... I know he got beheaded and it wasn't great for him, but he fulfilled his destiny. And he went there with faith in his heart. And uh, you look at Paul. Paul went through awful trials and tribulations. And and even um, at the start, when God met him, where did God meet him? He met him on the road to Damascus and he cast him into absolute nothingness. He took away his eyesight. And, And then all his mission was... All his works were completely set aside for that moment and he just had to wait. He just had to sit and wait and and wait for God to do something. Um, Wrangle around in his own heart and his own mind. Uh, And God brings us to that place. But then after that, God releases him. Like scales off his eyes. Came off his eyes and he was released into the most powerful ministry that we see in the whole of the New Testament. God wants to release you. But he's got to deal with you first. You know, God released the Israelites, didn't he? He released them, into, uh, he released them from, um, from the Egyptians. Am I right? He released them. Where did he release them to? The desert. Because their bodies had been released from the Egyptians, but their hearts were still bound up. And he had to release them from idolatry. He had to release them from unbelief. He had to build in them faith. And he did all those things in 40 years in the desert. Amen? But then he brought them through into the promised land after that. He didn't leave them there. I just want to encourage you. God's got so much for you. Don't worry about what you can't have or what you're missing. Worry about the blesser, not the blessings. Okay? 
Uh, I do want to have a little bit of a time of response now. Um, <clears throat> two things I want you to uh, respond to. Um, I think we'll have a few people maybe in the back corner are going to pray. John and Ruth, would you, would you be available for people to pray? Um, and uh, Hannah and Chris as well, why not? Is that all right? And pray for people. Um, there's two things that I want you to think about. I want you to just sit and, and just think, God, what are you saying to me? I'm stuck, I feel stuck. There's things in my life I just feel stuck. And I want you to go up and, uh, and, and, and ask for prayer, for God to show you, or God to speak to you, or God to release you from where you are. Uh, and the second thing I, I want you to think about is if you know somebody else, um, and you love them, and you know they're stuck, uh, you just know they're stuck, and you want to really see them come through, uh, I want you to go up and ask for prayer for them, um, and, and pray together for that person, um, because God wants to release them too, and uh, through our prayers he can do that. Amen? So let's just have a minute or two, and then if we go to the back corner there, and, and um, we can pray for those people, and we can pray for ourselves. Amen?